0: It is a Jose Ramirez party here today. The Cleveland Indians star third baseman is staying in Cleveland. The first time we've had a star in my lifetime stay. It is cause for celebration. It is cause for excitement. Seven years. Full no no trade. We will get into that. We'll get into opening day. It's hard to believe that it's here and it's going to be overshadowed, but you know jose ramirez it is impossible to not make him the central focus of today's show you are locked on guardians your daily podcast on the cleveland guardians part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Jose Ramirez. I mean, I was smiling ear to ear. Of course, I had a meeting this morning and left my phone. Uh, I got a, uh, DM from a source in San Diego of all places. Uh, not someone you'd expect maybe. I don't think a source I've ever revealed before, but he reached out and said, the Padres and the guardians have talked a significant deal. If this doesn't come together, you know, we're looking at something that's like Gore, Hassel, basically every piece except for Abrams. It was going to be like a four for one going to Cleveland, uh, but he then, you know, he, he messaged me later and was like, "It's off." goes, the deal was in place, but it is now off. He is re-signing. And if you look at Zach Meisel had a fantastic piece today that he also had information from Ken Rosenthal that essentially what was holding things up was a sixth year that they would be paying for him, you know, giving him. 25 million at age 37 they weren't comfortable doing that they only wanted to go through age 36 uh, which is what this current contract is and jose called his representation he thought about it he talked with his family and he's like staying in cleveland is what matters that's where i want to be get the full no trade keep me there for seven years and the front office had done and done they got a heck of a sweetheart deal so much so i had a mariners reporter like just message me like what a team friendly deal. Like you could tell, um, uh, there was a degree of pissed offness. Like, like the Mariners could use a third baseman. They were one of those teams, you know, the Mariners, the Blue Jays, the Padres, like these were teams that, you know, were just sitting there waiting, like, okay, we are going to add Jose. They were all assuming that's who they were going to get. Like everyone just kind of assumed this wouldn't come together. Uh, the highest contract they had ever given before was Edwin Encarnacion's three years, $60 million. This is essentially a seven-year, $150 million contract. Now, what you have to look at is the two option years, the <laughs> sweetheart deals this year and next year, those are still there. The Guardians didn't give him any increased money in these years. They tacked on essentially five years, $124 million, so it's a little bit less than $25 million a year. That is a bargain. Like, this is still an incredibly team-friendly deal for who and what he is. Like, what he has done as a performer, uh, what he means to this franchise, it's an incredibly team-friendly deal. Not as team-friendly as his current one, but they're still keeping the current one in place. So now they have Class A and Jose together. You have a minor league system that the last two years has been ranked in the top ten by multiple organizations. Uh, A lot of players are starting to hit the big leagues. I know it has been a frustrating offseason. I have been frustrated. It's impossible to not listen to the show and think that I am not frustrated with the inaction. You know, there's a lot of parts and pieces that could have been upgraded very easily. At the end of the day, they kept the star. And I had a lot of people be like, it's not true. They've kept stars. You know, Cookie got a second contract. I love Cookie to death. Was Cookie ever an all-star? He was never really a Cy Young candidate. He was always, you know, at best, he was the second-best starter. And those were a fantastic rotations. so don't get me wrong, but Cookie was never a star. And then my one caveat with this whole idea of, like, you know, uh, they didn't keep anyone outside of, um, you know, uh, barring guys who got hurt. Because that's, like, Grady Sizemore, yes, technically they kept him, but his injury uh, is the reason that he didn't walk to a bigger deal. And then Travis Hafner came up. What you have to remember about Hafner is... You know, A, he also had an injury they never quite recovered from, and that he was he was a bit odd. Like, this is a guy who, I just want to check his birth date. He had a June birth date. So, yeah, he essentially didn't get a look in the big leagues till he was almost 20, well, almost 26, uh, gets 300 plate appearances in his age 27, 26 season. Age 28, he hit. And then it was that 27, 28, 28, 29, 29, 30 and then in age 30, 31, he started to decline. And then it was health and other things. They he, he signed an extension. He couldn't stay healthy. Like, again, that's more the reason that Travis Hafner stayed in Cleveland wasn't for any other reason than he was, you know, health issues. And the reason he signed the extension that he signed with Cleveland uh, was because he was already 30 years old. He was already an older player. And it was going to pay him well. I mean, you think about the... You know, 2010, 11, 12, 13, paying this guy into his uh, mid 30s and giving him you know 11 million, 12 million, 13 million. Uh, That that's why that happened. It's because he debuted so late. So Travis Hafner is a good example, but like, there's reasons. He had a very late debut. Uh, He was already an older player, and then there were some health issues even before his contract. So in my life, this hasn't happened. No one, you know, there's always been, Tommy might have signed a contract, a first one, but he didn't get the second one. He left when he was still one of the most feared hitters in baseball. Jose Ramirez signs a second contract. He is going to stay here. He's going to rewrite a lot of the record books. In the modern era, he is on the Mount Rushmore of this team. He is a complete player, and he is going to be the face of this franchise for a while. And they're keeping him. It's it's just—it's mind-blowing. Like I'm just going to keep saying that. I'm going to keep smiling. I'll I'll bring the party whistle out. I planned to bring the fake money I have at school and just throw that, but I forgot. Uh, You know, it was—it's exciting. We're keeping a player, and it outshadows, overshadows—I should say—it's a bigger deal than opening day. Disagree? Agree? Uh, let me know over on my Twitter at Jeff Draft. I do want to take a quick moment and thank everyone for making this your first listen today and every day, wherever it is that you get podcasts. Uh, and I also want to go ahead, <laughs> now that we're seven minutes in the show, Cardinal Sin, if you're just listening, because this says Jose Ramirez, and you're like, who is this uh, clown throwing balloons and blowing party whistles? My name is Jeff Ellis. I previously wrote at Scout in 24-7 as a lead draft and prospect analyst. I replaced Kylie at Scout, and then Scout got bought by 24-7. I was on many a local drive-in show uh, throughout this country. And in terms of Cleveland itself, I got my start writing at Indians Baseball Insider. I had work up here on the Cleveland fan, waiting for next year. Did the Tribe win last night? Pretty much any Cleveland website, if I didn't guest host, I was probably quoted for draft material. Uh, that, that is what I was most known for for a long time. But I was a, you know, a kid from Ohio who cut his teeth on the late 80s, early 90s Indians. So, uh, yeah, that, that, you know, I'm just so excited that I skipped. You know, the things I'm supposed to put right at the start, I'm just going to put here uh, in, in a, the first third of the show. Because it's a breath of fresh air. It was getting so tiring, all the negativity. It was getting so tiring, all this Jose Ramirez dread. Because you don't want to lose another player. Like it's, it was. I've talked about it many times. Baseball, as much as I supported the players, I also wanted something to be figured out because it's backbreaking when you are a team like the Guardians that never keeps your talent. And I was like, you know, what are the other teams outside the Rays? And someone's like, well, the Athletics. I'm like, uh, no. In my lifetime, the Athletics kept talent and they signed big name talent. You weren't must not have been there in the '90s. Like the Athletics did actually. Uh, get out there. And someone's like the D-backs. I'm like, the D-backs just re-signed Kettle Marte. They kept David Peralta. They could have kept Goldschmidt. They signed Madison Bumgardner as a free agent. Like the D-backs have kept talented players. It's not completely unheard of for them. Uh, it's essentially the Rays and the Indians. And someone said the Pirates. And the Pirates might be fair, uh, I think. I think those are probably your three teams where you just sit back and go... Uh, they, they don't keep him. They don't keep anybody. Now, the Pirates might have if McCutcheon hadn't kind of fallen off a cliff there. But, man, it's, you know, I just got someone else on here saying, well, what about Carlos Bayerga? Uh, Bayerga uh, didn't. Bayerga liked the party. Bayerga did not keep himself in shape. Uh, Bayerga signed his contract. You know, he, he was close to a star level player. That, that might be one of the best ones um, of this type to talk about. Uh, he was kind of, but he wasn't, like Carlos Spiger was very good. Like, I don't, I remember, does anyone else remember the pieces in the Beacon Journal? Hit me up on my Twitter, HFMLB draft, about like how he was one of like three players with like 200 hits, 20 home runs, 100 RBIs, 100 runs, 20 double. It was just really like set of seven statistics. It was like him and Hank Greensburg, Hank Greensburg, Hank Greenberg, Greenberg, and like one other name. Uh, And I think it was like second baseman too. So I think that's what it was. Maybe it was like Robbie Alomar, uh, but it's, you know, I just remember that very specific one. Byergo was very good. So that might be the best one I think I've seen. (laughs) I just, you know, and that's the thing right now, it's just a love fest. I'm enjoying all of the love fest, all the things in here. It's, it felt really good to be a Guardians fan today. Like, more than anything else, it just felt really good to be a Guardians fan, to know Jose is here, and to sit back and be like, okay, Jose's here. I didn't get a chance to talk about Jimenez on tomorrow's show. We're going to talk about him here in segment two uh, and why there's a lot of signs pointing to his emergence. Let's get Fran Mill locked up. Let's go there next. I, I still think Beaver's going to be probably a no. I, I don't think that's going to come together. Let's get Fran Mill. Let's get Quantrell. Let's just start moving these. Let's, let's realize that you've got... The beginning of something like even Jeff Passan tweeted that out, right? Like this is a team with very few commitments, very few entanglements uh, and a top minor league system. And they've got an MVP locked up for seven years. And let's be honest right now. If we're talking about faces of Cleveland sports, Jose Ramirez should absolutely be the face of Cleveland sports. I mean, you can make an argument like I think Miles Garrett is incredibly dynamic and I really, you know, he's up there. And what Garland and Mobley have done this year is amazing. Jose Ramirez is an MVP level talent. One of the best baseball players of my lifetime, a potential Hall of Famer. Can we really say that anyone else in that group you're feeling confident is on a Hall of Fame track? Maybe Miles maybe Garrett right now. He's a potential Hall of Famer who took less money because he loves the city and wanted to stay here. I mean, he could have made so much more if he hit the open market. He's getting thirty million a year, I guarantee that. He took twenty-five million and he took one last year, and he didn't sit there and be like, "Okay, give me an opt out after year two or after year well, probably not after year two because that's when the last contract was." But you get my point. Instead of being like, "I'll take an opt out when I'm like thirty-two, so I can then go get bank," he's like, "No, I want to stay here." And he got his no trade, and he's staying in Cleveland. And if you're not happy if you're still griping right now today you know if you want to gripe in 2 days totally fine if you want to get back to the griping i understand this team still has a lot of holes to fill and a lot of things work that needs to be done but today today is a day for happiness uh and just you know as i said in my lockdown now just smile just enjoy it we don't get this this is something that doesn't happen when you're a cleveland guardians fan so just just enjoy it our first sponsor day, our good friends over at Bet Online, and I'm going to say it again before the season starts. I, you know, I this I'm now he's the most knowledgeable in this area, but man, Steve Kwan at plus five thousand. If I knew that he was going to play every day, I would totally be putting twenty bucks on that one. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go out and say that now. <laughs> going to put that out there, state that that seems like a a chance to really potentially uh, get lucky on a low end bet and make a nice. Bit of change, and BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports development, including this week's Masters Championship odds, podcasts, and reviews for all the different leagues this season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So even more so, you might want to go and consider my my uh, like, hey, go bet on Steve Kwan. So funny story. Yesterday, I go for a job interview. Not only do the Indians re-sign Jose Ramirez today, I got offered the job, and then I set up another interview today. I already had it set up and got offered that job. So <laughs> apparently, it's it's really lucky time for me. Um, if you want to take some of that luck, uh, my my recommendation is the Steve Kwan Rookie of the Year uh, part. Now let's let's talk about Andres Jimenez. So Andres Jimenez, I got into on let's see what day it's Wednesday, so it would have been Tuesday online. And right now, there's just so much love in my timeline. I couldn't really necessarily go and pull out uh, all of the talk. I want to give credit to where it's due. Uh, Sandy Casimir is a fantastic follow. He's a Rays fan, but he is incredibly intelligent, Uh, posts some stuff that I don't even understand. But he was posting like Jose Ramirez. And the thing about Jose Ramirez is he debuted as mostly a pinch runner in 2013 as a 20-year-old. He was a placeholder in 2014 for uh because they didn't want to push Francisco Lindor up at shortstop and that was after was that after the A cap trade. And then, you know, twenty fifteen is really rough. He ends up getting sent down, like really rough. And then twenty sixteen, it took what, the Brantley injury to open up playing time. Like it was neat. it was you know, all the jokes about being Juan of son. Like they were looking for their baseman since Casey Blake left and they couldn't find it. Uh and then in twenty sixteen he just plays so well. He ends up, you know, finishing uh 17th in the mvp that year and was it after that year that maybe they did the the extension for him i can't remember right now top of my head but 2017 he comes in and that's begins the run we're at third place in the mvp 23rd 2018 third place in the mvp 2019 is that weird year where you know at the end of 2018 he got hurt or he got tired out like at a really bad postseason He just wasn't hitting it at all at the start of 2019. It was my first year on the podcast. I remember discussing just the struggles that he was having. Um, Because Carlos Santana came out house of fire that year. So he was the one actually carrying the offense because Lindor was hurt to start the year. Uh, But by the end of the year, like Ramirez got it all figured out and then he broke his ham eight bone. It was just unfortunate for him. Should have won the MVP in 2020. No doubt in my mind about that. Finished a second. And then sixth last year, He should have been a top five candidate again. It's a little bit ridiculous. He was not, but that that's what he has done. So you're, why am I talking more about Jose Ramirez? Because I mean, he is everything right now, but more importantly, he came up with 21. He struggled at 22. He went back to the, or came back at 23 at that opportunity. Uh, He was an undersized guy. He was still figuring out like his game and his body and, you know, just everything he could do. Let's talk about Andres Jimenez now, Uh, another sub-six-foot infielder who, you know, kind of rail-thin. I mean, he is not kind of, he is rail-thin, who debuted at age uh, 21 for his first real attempt in the big leagues and was a league-average bat with plus defense as a 21-year-old. As a 22-year-old, he struggled gets onto the minors, comes back and plays quite well, plays well in AAA and had himself a very strong spring. And we're hoping for big things as a 23-year-old. Who does that exactly mirror? Jose Ramirez. Now, again, I'm not saying that Andres Jimenez is the next Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez is a Hall of Fame on the Hall of Fame track. I'm not going to put that comp on any player. But when you're looking at young players, it is not a direct growth curve. Some guys hit the ground running. Like Lindor came up and the biggest Lindor fan did not think he was gonna be what he was. Like, you know, we maybe whispered Jeter-esque with better defense. Uh, that it'd be, you know, hit tool. No one thought he was gonna hit 40 home runs. No one. I didn't talk to anyone. Like, even though we all heard about him, you know, just lighting it up uh when he visited Safeco and hitting a ton of home runs out of that park. It wasn't really what he was known for. It was a thing. (laughs) You go back and I have to laugh because it's like, if you believe the chatter at the time, Seattle was deciding between Danny Holton and Francisco Lindor. We can all be thankful by the choice they made. Let that be a lesson. Sorry, Aaron. Don't draft Virginia pitchers. Uh, (laughs) I got to get my digs in. But for Jimenez here, it is, you know, undersized guy, up the middle player. Had a rough year but showed signs of life, and now we'll see what he can do here in his age 23 year. I he was the centerpiece, and I talked about this on Monday, of the Lindor trade for a reason. They took less to get him. They did. And if you go go way back and you listen to my discussions with uh, Ryan of Lockdown Mets, like Ryan didn't want to trade Jimenez. Like he was willing to trade like Dom Smith plus JD Davis to not trade Jimenez. And there is a chance the Guardians could have gotten someone like Dom Smith. But they wanted him in this. They liked his ability. They liked what he showed as a 21 year- old in the big leagues, getting bigger, getting stronger. He's listed over here on um, baseball reference at 161. I don't think that's his actual weight. I think he has gotten bigger and stronger. He has listened, you know, to coaching. He has had you know great comments about him. and he's got a chance to legitimately step up and become the shortstop of the now and the future, because he's an above average to plus defender. So if he's playing well there, when, you know, when Gabriel Arias Arias is ready, you're not going to shift Jimenez if he's playing well. If he's doing both parts of the game well, that's now his position. (laughs) So you could put, you could move Areas to the outfield. He's got the arm. We talked about yesterday, like this team needs a right fielder. You could totally, I bet you he could be a amazing right fielder. You know, he doesn't have, he's not the fleetest of foot, but he's not slow. I think it's like a 50, 55 grade skill. He would be fine in right field with his arm. He could totally make every throw possible. That's the thing, right? This is where this team is, where straw is straw, and we hope that he plays well. You've got Quan who you're hoping is going to take over in left and left and continue doing what he's done. And then, okay, so let's say everything, like I said, you move. Now that you've got third base locked up, if Jimenez plays well, then he locks up uh, shortstop. The one reason I wouldn't put Gabriel at second base is that arm gets wasted, but it's fine if you put him there or, you know, when Brian Rocchio is ready next year, you could put him there. It's like, okay, so now we've got this. So where does George Valera play next year? Nice problem to have, right? You know, Nolan Jones, first base, that could be where he ends up. They have so many players that are interesting. We haven't even talked to Ty Freeman. You know, there's another one who's, you know, I have my ups and downs with, but he's an interesting player. And this isn't, you know, all of a sudden to change the, the narrative, but it's just to say, I think the reason that we ended up in this kind of inactive situation was because of what I just talked about. That their focus was on Jose and that only players that they really seemed to go for were Jess Winker and Matt Olson. The, you know, there was, I don't think they were even in on Meadows. it's because Meadows is a, you know, the the Rays moved on for Meadows for, you know, a, a simple reason. They felt they could get an internal upgrade and then trade him for other assets. He wasn't good enough for the Rays. I think the Guardians felt like their own internal options could end up being better. And I think that's also why we've seen, like, why they didn't go for some of the lesser pieces on the market. I mean, I'm still curious what's going to happen with Conforto. I'd still love to see that Ian Hap Wilson Contreras deal. Like, if you go make that trade, I'm just going to shut up and be happy. That that's the final touch. Trade a few pieces, go get that done, and I will be. You know, I will just sit here with my my mouth shut and you know trade them like three please three pieces, three pieces off your 40 man. You know, send Bradley Zimmer back in it, send uh, Jose Tenya. Who you know a lot. You got to trade something to get something right? So you you trade those those two and then one other prospect, you know someone who's a little bit further down the list who's currently on the 40 man. I you know I don't have it in front of me right now, but you're trying to clear a 40 man space in a deal like that. and that's that's what I'm that's the deal that I want if you go and add and make that trade, I, I consider it a winning off season. Let's take that next break so we can actually come back and talk about opening day a little bit on the podcast before opening day, but we had to talk. Jose Ramirez, I promised him and as yesterday, and then we had to talk about him because of the parallels between both of their careers in the early going. Again, not comping, just saying there are some parallels that are interesting to look at. I've talked about this before on the show. Our sponsor for the second half is rockauto.com. Don't be like me. Don't be the guy who knows he needs windshield wipers, knows they're easy to, to fix and change, uh, and lets them get done when you get your oil changed. Don't pay 60 bucks when you can pay 30 Don't pay twice the price. That's right. If I had just taken the time and been intelligent and gone to rockauto.com, I would have saved myself $30. That $30 is pretty much uh, the equivalent of the jersey I bought myself uh, of Jose Ramirez today after he re-signed. So you could get yourself the equivalent of a free Jose Ramirez jersey. Just about, not counting the shipping and all of that. But you get my point if you go to rockauto.com. It's a family-owned business. Uh, one central location keeps their costs down and passes the savings on to you, the consumer. Just make sure when you go to rockouter.com and the How'd You Hear About Us box, you want to let them know that we sent you So type Locked On, Locked On MLB, Locked On Guardian, some form of Locked On to let them know we sent you. That is uh, rockouter.com and make sure you do some form of Locked On to let them know that their advertising money has been well spent. Opening day. <laughs> It's just totally overshadowed. Okay, so first, I want to thank you again for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is you get podcasts. And I want to remind everyone to go check out our buddy who was on the show last Thursday, uh, Lindsey over at Lockdown Prospects. He and I are probably going to do a ton more crossovers uh, as the draft gets close. But now that we've discussed that. So tomorrow's game is going to be, it's, it's fun in terms of pitching. You got Granky versus Beebs. Uh, it's also fun in terms of we're getting the outfield. I want Rosario in left straw in center Quan in right. That is what I said would be my preferred one. Uh, just in terms of what they have right now. Now, Steve quantity is the left fielder of the now and the future for this organization. But when you have Rosario on roster, I don't think he's with this team come August. I don't because his contract expires in a year and a half. And there are so many teams with glaring needs up the middle that uh, to me, Kwan is just uh, the best bet to be in left field. And then you know, Reyes, Valera, right field of the future might be in-house. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, when I said who wants a, uh, you know, because I was kind of being taunty when I was like, okay, Blue Jays fans, you can't get Jose Ramirez. Can I offer you a slightly used Ahmed Rosario? And the Locked On Giants host was like, we'll take him. So, uh, you know, again, catching, relieve, help, something like that could make sense. Uh for the Cleveland Guardians when you're looking at uh, what they need. I was just kind of curious. I'm like, yeah, because in terms of who is starting at second base right now for the Giants, Thario Estrada, right? Wilmer Flores at third base for them. Giants are a little bit beat up. Uh, Tommy Lastow was supposed to be their second baseman. I know this isn't locked on uh, Giants, but just to give you an idea of why the Giants could be interested and... Hey, we could get our uh, old friend uh, Dominic Leon back. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That is a an interesting minor league system. There are other players to talk about and or consider uh, if you could work it out. But let's get into tomorrow's matchup. So we're going to save like the whole like rundown, like I've done in the last two years, where I go position by position, who's got the advantage. We're going to save that for tomorrow's show. Let's just talk about this matchup, Granky versus Bieber. You've got the outfield the way we like it. It's Bobby Witt's major league debut. It's a fun matchup. There's a lot to check out. Carlos Santana, it's always nice to see Los uh, in no matter what form. Hopefully, it's more of the, uh, the guy who the second half Carlos, and not first half Carlos. But, you know, I've been on record. I think the Guardians are better than the Royals. A lot of people don't see that, but I'm like, what did this Royals team really do to improve outside of a year of age? What's the improvement here? Uh, you know, the players who are young have more experience, but they had a Granky. Granky is not, you know, he's almost 39. He's a solid pitcher. Don't get me wrong. I thought that was a, it was a smart ad. It was a nice ad. It's an easy way to sell things. Brad Keller, Chris Bubik, Carlos Hernandez, Brady Singer. I'd rather have the guardians rotation. Like I don't have any doubt about that. And then yeah, Bobby Witt is a very nice promote player for them. Very good prospect. You know, one of the best in baseball, uh, but is he alone enough for a team that's been pretty consistent? I mean, when was the last time the Royals didn't pick in the top ten? It's been a while. So this isn't uh, you know I've I've been on multiple Royals podcasts. Ryland's a great dude. Uh, Royals report always has me on around the draft. Uh, you know the the people who cover the Royals I've found to be just awesome people in general. That Hunter Dozier, DH. Hunter Dozier has he ever posted a runs creative plus over league average? Oh, okay, I'm sorry. He did have, uh, but, you know, in a shortened season. <laughs> like, this is guy, no, it was a full season. He had a 123 in 2019. So in fairness to him, there was that one good year uh, where he did that. And the, the COVID year was a 104. It was an 82 last year. That's not good. Uh, now he's getting on the wrong side of 30. So, yeah, I, I look at this Royals team, and I don't see where people see that naturally they're the better team now. It doesn't make sense to me. The Guardians have probably have the weaker bullpen, but they definitely have the stronger pitching staff. I'm not going to go position by position, because we said we'd do that on tomorrow's show. Uh, the Guardians do lose the catcher matchup. I will give you that preview. I'm sure everyone is shocked by that. But you'll find the Guardians are gonna win most other matchups when you compare these two teams. I just I don't see uh, I don't see this as a team that's quite there yet. And they've promoted most of their prospects. Like, that's the, that's the thing to remember is, like, they had all those high picks. A lot of them have not worked out, and most of them are not prospects anymore. I mean, you're kind of hoping Nick Prado at some point is going to get the call-up for them and be either a first baseman or left fielder. Uh, you're hoping uh, Daniel Lynch, the lefty, will kind of move into a, a starter role for them. Uh, MJ Melendez is, like, an heir apparent catcher, but after that... I mean, you've got Asa Lacey, who's the the very high draft pick, former Indians draft pick. Alec Marsh is kind of interesting as a depth starter. And I, I think Kyle Isabel is a potential starting outfielder. But like, this is where I got into it on the podcast, where people were like, no, no, the Royals and the Tigers have the best miners." I'm like, no, no, minors aren't just one star player, aren't just two big names. It's the depth. And that is where the Guardians are going to have an advantage. And I... I still, I don't know. I refuse to believe that they're not going to make some deal. Their forty-man situation start racking it up now is a disaster show. Next year they have just as many hard decisions to make and players they need to add. At some point they need to take the raise approach, which is to start you know trading someone like Tobias Myers for someone far away. Uh, the Guardians added Tobias Myers for someone far away, but they need to start making those kind of deals. They need to start trading. You know, I look at this Royals team, they're um, projected starting outfielder, uh, I'm sorry, bench outfielder, Edward Olivares, who we talked about, um, you know, uh, when we were doing our deep minor league sleepers, because he had such good offensive production in the minors, uh, he was part of their return for Trevor Rosenthal. And the only reason they got two arms that were slightly higher, two players that were rated a little bit higher is because... Both those players need to be added to the 40-man, and the Padres knew that, so they preferred to trade prospects who they'd have to add rather than ones who were further away. That was a distinct decision by that organization. The Guardians need to make similar calls, and I expect they will. Opening day is exciting. I can't wait to watch some baseball tomorrow. Oh, here is my public service uh, announcements I should call. If you have T-Mobile or Sprint, go into their Tuesdays app. You only have till next Tuesday to do this, but you get MLB TV free right now so go log in follow the link redeem download the app if you do not have it but if you have uh, sprint and or t-mobile they're owned by the same one you can download an app called tuesdays you go in and that'll give you mlb tv free for the year i live out of market so it's great for me and i've gotten it this is my third year in a row getting it free so that is my advice i did want to shout that out i'll shout out again tomorrow just in case any listener um doesn't listen to this show (laughs) i expect this will be our big one this week uh, I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been Locked on Guardians Podcast. And I want to thank everyone for the numbers have been great of late. I assume they're going to get even better as we just have some happiness here. Uh, Considering, you know, a big warm hug, like group hug right now. I'm just sending it in all that happiness your way. Uh, Jose Ramirez, people were talking about between my smile or in my eyes, you could see the happiness. Uh, I guess it was just very obvious. And if you are a fan of the Guardians, I don't know how you couldn't be happy, at least today. Kudos to everyone involved. Who got that done bright future this is step one we got to keep going they need to keep adding but this was a great first step <laughs> weird pause sorry now, uh, again, I want to thank everyone. We're getting more reviews. We're up to 103 on iTunes, so more iTunes reviews. More. We're at 86 subscribers. Let's get to 100 on YouTube. I would really appreciate getting that 100. I know 1,000 long-term. Locked on Yankees just got to 1,000. You want the Yankees to beat you? Come on. Subscribe on YouTube, rate and review, download daily. That helps the show grow. Come on, this should be a huge week with the Jose Ramirez resigning. That's finally. I have never been one of the top 10 uh, baseball podcasts since they started reporting it on site. I might have been at the very beginning when we only had like 10 baseball podcasts, but I've never been since we've expanded. So that's the thing. If you're listening to this one, download all the ones you haven't listened to. Play them at like 10x speed, whatever you got to do, but download every episode that could help the show. Let's get there this week. Let's show the network uh, that you love Lockdown Guardians and want it to stay in its current incarnation. Uh, Thank you again for listening. And as I end every show, go, go, Guardians, go.